If you would, find the, the book Philemon. We're going to be in that book from now until Joash Sunday in November. It's, uh, it's, it, it, it has one chapter to it. Uh, I know a lot of people probably overlook it, but we're going to be in it. There's a whole lot to learn from this book. And we're going to look at verses uh, 1 through 3 as I read it to you. It says, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and co-worker, in second verse, Aphia, our sister, Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in the house. Does this sound familiar to you? Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit. Any word of knowledge you give to me to speak to a person or their situation, Lord, if you prompt me with it, I want to be obedient to speak to it. And then, Lord, you look at all of us today, but you see me differently. Uh, I am, uh, I'm your teacher, I'm your preacher, and on me is a great judgment, a more strict judgment than anybody in this room. And I know that, and I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. So in the name of Jesus, I pray his name that I preach. Amen. You can be seated. It's good to see you. I want to say thanks to Logan for preaching last Sunday, and uh, he has a gift for that, not only with worship, but also in preaching. I want to thank Tucker for leading, too, and I was at Lake Cumberland, <clears throat> not, not having a lot of fun. I wasn't out on the water. Uh, I'd just get up early on Sunday morning and drive to a ministry that we started uh, 31 years ago when I was pastor at First Baptist Russell Springs uh, to Jamestown Resort and Marina. And at one time on a weekend there, there would be over 2,000 people at that marina. So we took a census and realized we needed to start a ministry there, and we did. So I left there in 94 to come here. And so ever since then, I've been going back and closing out the summer season on Labor Day. Starts on Memorial Day in May and then ends on Labor Day. And so I went down there to preach and see people that I love and that love uh, the Eaton family. Um, I want to say this about some people in Russell County real quickly. The, we do business with one of the banks there as well. Here's a church. And uh, then some people, when COVID hit us, uh, nobody knew which end was up. You know, everything was a, a lot of things are question marks, but the COVID season became a big question mark. And uh, who, who knew, you know, who, who knew what was going to go on? So some people from Russell County called me up and said, we are committing they committed over $2,000 a month for a year to pay this church. I want you to know that. Uh, they committed, they came together and they sent, and it wasn't, they, they tithed to their church. This was over and above. They said, we love you all. We love your church. We love you and we want to give. And so they made a commitment to this church. Isn't that, isn't that unbelievable that they did that? And so uh, their punishment is to, for me to come back and they get to hear me preach. So that's their punishment. But they, call, they called us up, said, we want to bless you guys. We know a lot's going on and we want to, 
we want to be able to do that. I thought that was phenomenal. And I, I wanted you to be able to know that story of the relationship we have with those folks. Uh, Philemon, how long has it been since you booked in the, in the book of Philemon? <laughs> uh, and uh, it's, uh, it's tucked in the back of your New Testament. We're probably not in it much unless uh, some of our devotions that we have daily seem to come from there. But there's a lot to learn in this little bitty book. You're going, how in the world can you stretch out so many sermons out of so few verses uh, over the next little bit of time? So I want to encourage you to read Philemon. You can do that. Uh, don't read it now. Listen to the sermon. You can read it later. But stay in this. It's got incredible content, a lot of things going on. Uh, look at verses one and two. Uh, we'll begin with verse one. Paul's a prisoner of Christ Jesus and, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and co-worker. Verse two, to Aphia, our sister, Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in the house. We're gonna break this down. Paul's under house arrest, not because he broke any kind of a law, it's not jaywalking or speeding or anything else. He's under house arrest because he's relentless with the gospel. And so one of the ways they wanted to hush him up in the gospel was to put him under house arrest. Now don't have an ankle bracelet on him because they couldn't do that then, all right? But he was being watched, I can tell you that. So one way to shut up a preacher is to be able to shut them off. And so they put him under house arrest. Uh, he mentions his son in the ministry here, Timothy. Even though Timothy's not there, he adds Timothy's name to this letter because Timothy evidently is a friend of Philemon too. And he thinks uh, Paul's a friend of Philemon, but also if I can attach Timothy to this, it's gonna make it a stronger chord uh, in what they're gonna address with Philemon. I believe Paul thinks Timothy's gonna be able to help the situation. And Philemon is a Christian, he's a friend, He's, he's, he's looked upon in this verse as a fellow worker, a servant. He's, he, you're going to find this out later. You don't see it here. But he's a servant and a slave owner. He has servants and slaves. And it can be a focus of this letter. And to head off the way you may be thinking, Paul is trying to get Philemon to think outside of slavery. By law, Roman law, they could do this. It's the Roman influence to have servants and slaves. But Paul is writing to Philemon to tell him to reconsider about this one slave that he has. And we'll get to him a little bit later on. So uh, I, don't wanna, I don't even want to say in any phrase or get your mind going in any way that we're seeing Christianity and slave ownership go together because they don't. And this letter is a situation to handle that. Aphia is probably, all indication, Philemon's wife, but she's referred to as a sister in the Lord. Archippus is the son of uh, Philemon and, Aph and Aphia. Uh, he's known as a fellow soldier. Uh, he's meaning uh, a soldier in, in, with the Lord. And he's probably faced tough times. That's why 
He's addressed as a soldier. Look at Colossians 4.17. We have him listed here as well. And tell Archippus, pay attention to the ministry you've received in the Lord so you can't accomplish it. And it is keep your nose to the grindstone. You've got a preacher that tells you to do that too. There's so many conflicting things that happen to us that divert our attention. And one thing Paul does is get him to remember. And then they're in a house church. These two verses tell us they're in a house church. They didn't have campuses and buildings like we do today. They met in a house. When Paul wrote this letter to this church, this house church, they'd stand up in front of the people and read it. They would read it as part of their worship service. And what little we know, we know that Epaphras, you're gonna find him in the last verse, near, near the last verse. Epaphras evidently helped start this house church or he pastored it or he is currently, or he's pastoring it as they write or he had once pastored that church. But this is a book that we neglect a lot. Uh, we don't, we overlook it, like the book of Jude and all kinds of things. It's a book about grace. We're gonna finish with a very big emphasis on grace. It's a book about reconsidering situations that you're living in. It's a book about reconciliation, of bringing people who are separated back together. It's a book about forgiveness. Our word this year has been rearranged. This is a book where Paul is writing to Philemon and asking him to rearrange his situation uh, and to revisit it. Let's take a look at it. Uh, in, in, the, in, in the midst of suffering, and in the midst of slavery, we have this Roman influence of slavery and servants. And uh, I, I wrote this down in just preparing for this some time ago. Uh, the, 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 it's more than a challenge to overlook the institution of slavery. It's, it's also a challenge to embrace one another as family, brothers and sisters. Now, some of you were taught, you'll call me Brother Jeff, all right? I, I was raised, and of course, obviously, the older I get, the bigger the gap is in the way that I was raised. And sometimes, it's those, those holiness churches, and I'm not putting them down when I say that, or Pentecostal churches, it used to mix me up because whenever we would mix and mingle with them, like, you know, we lived in a community where everybody came together for Easter Sunday. Do y'all remember that? Sunrise services. We had community sunrise services. And there'd be four, five, six different denominations come together. Well, here I am, this little Baptist Sunday school boy, you know, got the Sunday school part and everything in my hair. I got that place that mama licks her hand and pushes my hair over, you know, that little cow lick had been in the front that people today pay really good money for. And I can remember being raised as the Baptist little boy that I'd get around the holiness or the Pentecostal group and they're, they're brother and sister all the time. Well, how are you doing, Sister Margaret? Well, how are you doing, Brother Jeff? Or, you, know, you know, they just, all their language was greeting somebody as a brother and a sister. And it confused me. Because in the Baptist life, I'm going, you know, what's going on, Joe? You know, I don't, there's no brother or sister in front of it. But even scripture says, treat one another as family. 
Treat one another as a brother and a sister. Treat your elders as parents and those who are older as grandparents. One way I describe our church today is we have a lot of young people in our church. And they said, well, why do you think that is? And I said, I don't know. I don't know if I'm the grandfather they never had. Uh, I don't, but I, I, have, I can have this grandfatherly feel, especially to the younger, younger couples in our church. And I don't mind that. But it says, greet one another as family. Paul's not just talking about overriding slavery, which he is talking about. He's also talking about embracing, embracing one another as family. Can I share something with you as a pastor? I, I, I long for the day, and let's just take our congregation, both this one and the second service. I long for the day when something happens among us that I don't have to call and tell you to go do it that you move into it as if something has happened to your own family. Do you see the beauty of that? Instead of calling the central office and then the central office dispatching out to other people, it's you see other believers as the family of God and not just the hope family, but the family of God. And that's one thing that Paul is getting really gonna stress. He's, we're gonna look at slavery but he's also going to hit the part of we embrace one another as family. I want you to know I try to do that with you. Now, some of you are the old weird uncle. Okay? But I want you to know that I, I try to look at you as family more than me just being a pastor to you. This is a book about embracing kingdom principles. One reason I like it so much He's writing, Paul's writing Philemon to let him know you're, you're a Christian and you're a fellow worker, but you've got some things to learn. You've got some things to learn in the kingdom principle. He's gonna talk about Christian fellowship in this book and we're not talking about meeting and greeting and hanging out. We are talking about, we're not talking about getting together and go, what have you been up to? We're talking about grouping together for the work of the gospel. How, how can people be brought together for the work of the gospel? You're gonna see this with all these different names in this little short book. Paul brings even more later on near the end of it. He includes a lot more people. And it's about Christian fellowship, but it's about Christian principles being lived out, not just meeting and catching up with one another. It is a strong book about discipleship. Paul's a friend of Philemon, uh, looks at him as a brother, and he wants to help a situation be resolved in Christ. He, it's about him teaching others. And I'm gonna point this out to you as we go through this book together, how Paul is reaching out to show him and disciple a man who already knows the Lord on how to follow him even, even deeper. And so when we see this picture, I'm going, what about us? Do we, do we pour into other people? Some of you will say to me, well, I don't know anybody to pour into. Yeah, they're all around you. They're absolutely all around you. Uh, you learn to be able to pour into them and help them in their situation. You're going, well, he's the apostle Paul. He had this weird experience with Jesus on the Damascus road. He's a little different. Uh, well, Paul is us. 
Paul intends for us to be able to mimic him in this. He even says that in some of his writings. If you follow me, I'll lead you to Christ. If you follow me, you're eventually going to meet the Lord because that's what I'm going to, that's what I'm going to have you do. Do we, do we live life like that? Hang on a minute. Let me say it this way. Do we live life looking to avoid people or do we live life looking to interact with people? Which one do you think we do? I hope it's interact with people, but I'm going to guess we, we can live life to avoid people. That we've all done it. You see them in the aisle at the grocery store. Don't tell me you hadn't done it. Oh, I forgot something in the other aisle. Woo, you know. Uh, so we've all done that. I, I, Paul, Paul is interacting and he's teaching us and he's doing it through a letter. Obviously he's not doing it in person, but he's doing it through a letter. He's under house arrest for the gospel. If you can't shut him up, then shut him out, right? Put him in isolation. And, but yet even in isolation, Paul is still discipling people. Do you see that? And it happens to be through a letter. Uh, it's going to be a challenge to us in this book that we interact with other people to help them, to, to give them kingdom advice, to give them kingdom encouragement uh, is the way we look at it. So I want to remind you of something we teach here. I'm going to step out of the book of Philemon for a moment, go back to our good friend James, and remember that we all begin by hearing, but we switch over to doing. And the doer is blessed. The doer is blessed. And Paul is going to stress to Philemon, you've got to rearrange your situation. To honor the Lord on a deeper level, you've got to, you've got to rearrange your situation. So uh, Logan, uh, Logan sent me his sermon before I left, uh, not that day. And, and we, it was, I know it was a wonderful sermon and, and whether he agrees with me or not, he has a gift of preaching that we cannot silence, uh, that we have to let go. But in that, uh, he, he brought up uh, being frustrated because Disney pulled the, the, uh, the, Disney pulled, and I read it in there, you know, I read it in his sermon, and they, they pulled their streaming to Spectrum. So I was as frustrated as everybody, and I can't, I can't believe that I was telling Logan about YouTube TV and uh, about, I was, and I was like, this is kind of weird. Logan should be telling me about YouTube TV, you know, but, but we got to chatting about that just a little bit. And so I was frustrated like everybody else. And I, I, I was done. I was going to call and cancel out Spectrum. And we have people in this church at work at Spectrum. Uh, so I was going to call and cancel it out and uh, not have anything to do with it. And, uh, so I, I called and I, I, I didn't want to act frustrated. I just wanted to stay focused. And on my desk, I had it written out, all the stuff I wanted to stay focused with, right? And uh, so I'm chatting and are you wanting to cancel because Disney pulled their streaming? And I want you to know Disney has done this with everybody else too, not at the same time, but DirecTV or whatever. So 
just just know that's happened to other 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 streaming businesses <clears throat> but i said yeah and they said well what are you frustrated about all of a sudden this person said you uh you've been with us 29 years i said i have never missed a payment and they go you hang on a minute so can, can we talk just a minute just between us yeah Ask for the legacy retention department. Shh, don't tell everybody. Okay. If you've been with them a long time, there is a department, just, just us, okay? Just, just us. It's called legacy retention department. They can work miracles there. Okay? They cut my bill. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you after church how much they saving me. <laughs> I got new modems sent to me. I got all kinds of discounts. I mean, they kept pouring it on. And I said to this guy, I said, where you been all my life? Where have you been all my life? We, we, we want to keep you. You hang on. And they even encouraged me of streaming other things. And they said, we want to keep you. So it led to another guy, and I went to another guy. We're talking, and uh, he said, how are you doing today, sir? I said, fine, how are you? And he said, uh, let, he said, as long as my heart is beating and there's breath in my lungs, I've got a good day. I knew then I had a brother on the other end of the line. <laughs> Everything that hath breath, come on church, say it with me. Praise the Lord. Yeah, so I, I, knew, I knew in that little line, I got a brother. And we're on there talking, and he's like, man, we want to we wanna set you up and helping me connect all the new stuff they sent me and all that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, and he and I, we quit talking about anything else. And by the way, I stayed with them. I want you to know, legacy retention program. Okay, it's the department. That's where you want to go, all right? They're they, the good people there. So the, the uh, don't tell them you got that here now. Okay, just, just, just check that out. And, and uh, this brother, we got to talking about the Lord. I mean, we went into the Lord. I mean, I know they copy that, you know, for business reasons or whatever. Uh, but but I, it was unbelievable. And I go, where, where am I calling? He said, Texas. And I said, man, somebody has discipled you well. And they, they had, we had a really, here, here's my point. I'm calling Spectrum because I'm frustrated like everybody else. And again, that's happened to other, don't think it just happened to Spectrum, it's happened to a lot of people. That's just the way business can be. But I ended up talking to a brother. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, a brother in Christ. And here's where Paul is saying and reminding us it's more than the institutions we live with, even if it's slavery. And, and, and he's, he's trying to get Philemon to move away from that. It is, let's see and greet and treat one another as brothers and sisters in the Lord. I may never meet that guy this side of glory. Let me tell you what happened. Our phone call got cut off and I'm going, oh man, I'm in the middle of this and I need... 
you know, and it's not long he called me back. He said, preacher, I just want you to know, and I told him I was a pastor. I said, I said, I don't usually call people back like it, but I have needed to call you back and walk you through this situation. There's a brother, do you see? How many times have you gone somewhere where you didn't really know anybody and you're connected with a brother and or a sister in Christ? <clears throat> you know, people think we're not around that much. We're all over this world. And God sees us as this great, big, incredible family. I was in a place of business in Frankfurt the other day. <clears throat> we get to chatting. And uh, how you doing? I'm blessed beyond measure. I knew I had a brother. We started talking about the Lord. We started talking about all kinds of things. And it, it's, I've never met him before in my life. And it's there. Do you see that? Don't, listen, listen, look at me. I know you're thinking that darkness is crunching out the church. I know that can be your thinking. I just want you to know darkness will never cover up light. Amen. Ever. It can't. And I want you to raise your head up high that God can use you to be that brother and that sister in somebody else's life. Even if it's the only time you've ever met them or you're a close friend like Paul is to Philemon that's gonna help him out with a situation and re help reverse it to where it's a kingdom situation now. It's not an institutional thing anymore. It becomes a kingdom issue of just what freedom can actually look like and what it can mean. He's helping him rearrange his life. Folks, listen to me. If we are going to live a life pleasing to him, we are constantly rearranging our lives. I, I don't like change either. I got this new equipment. I thought, I'm going to have to change passwords. I'm going to have to change all that. I'm going to change all that. I, you know, and man, this dude just hit one button over in Texas and it just, boom. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, man, this is great. This is great. Fixed everything. All in, all had all these lights blinking. It just, it, you know, things going off and on. And I'm sitting there watching. I feel like I'm having an alien encounter. You know, I mean, it's all coming in and going. And he, he handled all that. He handled every bit of that. It, it's be that to other people, to people that you're dear friends with or people that you just begin to know. Live in that family of God attitude and be a brother and a sister to them. Verse three, we get into grace and peace. Grace and peace to you. <clears throat> grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to notice the phrase from God. Grace and peace is from God. Is that registering in your mind? It's not yours. That nobody else sells it. Nobody else gives it away but him. It is from God. We get it through Christ. Let me remind you as a pastor, everything you get from the Father comes from Christ. Eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Forgiveness, his death on the cross. Everything. Everything we get from the Father is going to come through Jesus. So it, grace and peace is from God, but it is through, it is through the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he, gives us the, he gives us all that you can imagine. He is the A and the Z. That's what it means. 
He's the beginning of the alphabet, the end of the alphabet, the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. Everything that we're going to get from the Father comes through Christ. And grace is what we don't deserve. Some of us walk around like we're entitled to it. Some of us walk around like, well, God ought to be glad that I just showed up today. Well, I'm glad you showed up too, but I, but I, you, do you understand what I'm saying? It's just an entitlement part of our culture. Well, if anybody's going to get it, I guess I ought to get it, right? Grace is something that is given to you that you did not earn and you did not deserve. It's a gift to him. It is a gift of absolute uh, uh, forgiveness and freedom in the Lord. It is, in, it is his love. And here it is back to the family of God again, right? This is why Paul is going to keep hitting Philemon with this. That if you get grace, then what's your responsibility? Is to give grace. You get grace, you give grace. And Paul both begins and ends this book with grace. The very last verse is about grace. And it, it is a picture when we let you all out here in a few minutes, we're gonna say to each one, grace and peace. And if you notice my tagline, make sure you live in both of them. And we're getting used to that line. I, I want you to use it. When you send an email out in your closing, put grace and peace and put your name there. When you're on the phone with somebody, you fit it, grace and peace to you. When you write a letter or a note, write grace and peace to you. Use it. I mean, we get it from Simon Peter and we get it from the Apostle Paul. It's all over the New Testament. Uh, we didn't come up with it. We just got it from Scripture. But we, we send you out every Sunday with this. N.T. Wright says this. This is not a throwaway remark. Grace and peace is not a throwaway remark. It is an incredible phrase. And we get it from God. We get it through Christ. And the, the picture here is grace is the action and peace is the result. Grace is the action. You get it and you give it. There's the action. And peace becomes the result of it. Uh, I have to include mercy here. Mercy's not in the verse, but I have to include it so that you understand grace a little deeper. Mercy is, is God holding back the punishment that we do deserve. Not just holding back what we do deserve, but the punishment that we do deserve. He holds that back. If you, if you understand that picture, grace becomes a little more beautiful. He's holding back what we really, the punishment we really deserve in our life. But he gives us his grace. Mercy, mercy to me as a pastor, as somebody who studied scripture for a long time, is the second chance I get. And I quit saying second chance. I only do it to help you think that way. But it is another chance. His mercies are new every day. What does that really mean? I get another chance. And I quit saying second because it's more than a second chance. I know, I know what he's given me. I know how many chances he's given me and he's given you. 
But the picture is, the mercy is, we get another chance to be able to follow him and surrender to him in our life. It, it makes grace look better. Grace is the action. I receive it, and here we are in the family of God. I give it. I give, I give grace as much as I'm able to receive grace. And the result is peace. Peace with God and peace with each other. I know in my heart if I die, I'm fine. Say what you want to say, good, bad, ugly, or indifferent. It doesn't matter to me. I, I am at peace with my God. I'm at peace with him. I have no problems there. And the best I can, I want to live it with peace as everyone else. When I understand grace, I get it and I give it, then peace becomes the result of it. And that's one thing we're going to get to. Paul loves Philemon. But there's something going on in Philemon's life that's, that needs to be checked and rearranged. It doesn't affect their love for one another, but evidently Philemon is not at peace with a current situation. And so Paul is helping him. And then again, he includes Timothy to be able to help him in such a way that he, want, he wants peace to affect all parties. Guys, that's who we are as brothers and sisters in the Lord. Let's look and let's close with 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 today. And we'll, Simon Peter wrote this, may, may grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Uh, the knowledge of God, Paul is gonna be saying to Philemon, you know the Lord, you've walked with him, but here's some things about him that you need to learn to correct your situation. But look at what Peter wrote, may grace and peace be multiplied. Well, how's that gonna happen? It's gonna happen because you get grace and guess what you're gonna do with it? You're gonna give grace. What's the result of that? The result of that is peace. God wants to use us to help bring peace to some situations. Well, I was calling them, you know, the cable company, and I was, I was ready to get them. I wanted to be nice, but, you know, uh, I, but they were kind to me. I tried to be kind to them. Don't forget, it's the legacy retention department. Okay, don't, don't tell everybody, all right? I couldn't, it couldn't have been better for us. In peace, I, I connected with some brothers on the other end of the line. He's got us everywhere, you know? And, and do this with people that you know and you love. Your friends and your family. And do this with people who are complete strangers to you. May grace and peace be multiplied. May it be multiplied. That's what Paul is trying to tell Philemon. And that's what we're gonna look at this whole series is how, how he pours into his life in such a way that he helps him to rearrange a situation that brings grace and peace. Let's leave with that today, okay? We'll say it here in a few minutes as we leave formally. But let's leave in our hearts. Let's look at each other not as members of this church and that church. Let's see each other as the family of God. You're my brother and you're my sister, okay? 
You don't have to go around saying that, but let's look at them in that way. And when, when, we're, when we're connecting with people and we know they're brothers, they're everywhere, but you be that to other people as well. You be that brother and sister that's helping somebody else and may it be multiplied. We're gonna learn that. We're gonna learn that these next few weeks. I'm gonna teach you how to do it if you let me, just as Paul to taught Philemon on how to be able to handle that. Let's surrender to that today, okay? Let's pray together. Father, I pray over our people. I love them much. Love them much, you love us more. But Lord, you give us grace. Sometimes we bottle it up, show it off. But Lord, we know as we get grace, uh, we are given. Too much is given, much is required. And we give it. Help us to be that, Lord. People who give grace. And then Lord, we know the end result of that is peace. May we be agents of peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. Lord, you tell us, for we become your sons and your daughters. And use us to help people rearrange their life where they're at peace with you and they're at peace with other people. Father, thank you for the grace you have given us, for the sacrifice of Jesus, and that all that you have in store for us comes through your son we receive today. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray and that we pray together. Amen. Church, would you stand with me? Counselors, find your spot, if you will. And uh, Logan and Chuck are gonna lead us in our invitation and you come, you just may wanna come and pray or come and surrender. You, you, you may need to be baptized. We have a baptism in the second service. Uh, we've got others behind that to be baptized in the next few weeks. You, you come, talk to these people. Let's get you in your next step of obedience, following the Lord in baptism. The invitation is this, whosoever will for whatever reason, you come.